Welcome to Wide Flank. All right, welcome to Wide Flank. This is the Subnautica episode. Uh, if you're turning in, tuning in for the first time, uh, we have a video game game club where we play a game over the course of a month. Um, we have a Discord where we talk about it and talk about all the fish we're eating um, and all the plants we're harvesting in the case of Subnautica. So uh, we'll have links to that uh, in the show notes. Um, we also have a Patreon. Uh, th- thanks to everyone who's supporting us so far. Uh, all our patrons are new because we just launched it. So uh, <laughs> a few shout outs because we're just blowing up right now. Uh, thank you to Aaron, NC, you know who you are, Robert, Jack, Jake, and Bucks County Shane. Milk. <laughs> milk. Our favorite milkman. Love milk. Um, yeah, so, uh, if you want to support us, it's much appreciated. Um, we'll have links to that in the show notes as well. Um, we don't have our game picked out yet for next, next month, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put that in after. Yeah. Alon's amazing at post-production. It'll it'll blend in seamlessly. Thank you so much. All right, cool. Uh, Danny, you want to, want to talk a little bit about Subnautica? Yeah. All right. We played Subnautica. Uh, All of us played on PC, on Steam. It's a single-player survival action game that came out in early access in December 2014. Um, It didn't get its full release until January of 2018, so it spent a long long time in early access. Um, Definitely influenced the final product quite a bit, and we'll get into that more later. Um, It was developed and published by an indie studio called Unknown Worlds. They were previously known for the natural selection games, uh, one and two, which were this super interesting combo of real-time strategy and first-person shooter, and it, it was all multiplayer. Um, and then for this game, they were the devs have said they were heavily influenced or inspired by Minecraft to create a completely different style game from natural selection, and they ended up making one of the most successful indie games ever made. Um, sold well over 5 million copies, and we played it. Played quite a bit of it. <laughs> I played exactly 41 hours of it. <laughs> on, uh, so there's there's a few different modes you can choose to play from. We all played on survival mode, which I think is like the standard mode, basically. Which means you die, but you don't lose everything or lose your save file or whatever. You kind of go back to your life pod and can continue the story. Um, there's also hardcore mode, which when you die, you fully die and lose your save file there's freedom mode which is no oxygen or or sorry no hunger or thirst i believe you still have to breathe i think in freedom mode but you don't have to worry about food and water and then there's creative mode which is just uh, i don't know base building simulator like minecraft mode nothing matters and you can just build whatever um did we did you mention that this did i i might have missed it that this their first game, Natural Selection, was a Half-Life mod. Uh, I did not know that. So. Yeah, so, I mean, I think something we've talked about kind of off the show is, like, how... And maybe we talked about in our Half-Life 2 episode, just, like, how uh, the mod scene, but especially, like, the Valve mod scene has just, like, spawned so much cool stuff. Like, they, I think they have, like, uh, I don't know, engines that people like to use or can use or that are accessible and, like... Uh, 
I think I don't I didn't particularly like natural selection, although I thought it was like fun to play, you know, or a fun idea. But clearly, like it got these guys gears turning and they made this studio and were able to make this game, which was awesome. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I read the Masters of Doom that I mentioned on on the Doom episode, which is the book about, you know, the two main founders of it and, and the Doom games and all that stuff. And you, it's kind of cool that you get like a history of gaming and hacking and modding through the book because that was that was what gaming just was like that's just what early computing was you know and and so it's not just that the valve scene i mean a lot of stuff came from that but it's because it was just like the newest best engine that's why good shit came from it you know and that's always how it was it was something someone invented something and then everyone was like holy shit and everything was open source and non-copyright and i'm gonna use this to make this and and improve on that and then then now that's the new thing and then someone else improves on that and that was just like how games were made for a lot of years in the early days especially on on computers so yeah i mean they they you know they came from mods and and tons of really famous games came from mods counter-strike and uh, you know i don't know team fortress and all that stuff yeah so charlie cleveland is definitely the guy who made the lead designer he's like definitely a design guy like i don't know i don't know what his position is like at the company but like i read through his like creative blog uh like his designer blog and he's like really into like theory and all this stuff and like talking through his process um so he kind of i I think to like uh help like set us up he we can kind of like respond to some of these as we do the podcast uh he when he made Subnautica, he was like, "I have three pillars uh, of game design for what I want this game to be." Um, so I'll just read them. They're never tell the player what to do; let them decide. If there's something we want them to do, breadcrumb it. Um, number two was the world doesn't care about the player. The player is a foreigner in an unknowable, majestic alien world. This led to non-violence to creatures in the world. Respect the player <laughs> and their time. Don't ban- manipulate them through achievements, dopamine, and extrinsic rewards. Give them an amazing, rewarding experience that takes effort. Fuck you, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like this, this brings up a lot. <laughs> this brings up a lot of feelings, right? So like, and I think we'll we'll. Yeah, I don't want to. This is probably going to be out of order, but this is. You you read through this guy's blog like blog and he is someone who has lots of vision. He seems manic. He seems like someone who doesn't sleep very much and works really hard <laughs> and is may, probably kind, but can't quite deliver on the things he wants to do or has mm. lots of ideas that don't always land. It just I really got that vibe of like this creative who uh doesn't know their own limits um or and if they do it seemed like a little too like businessy like know Mm. your limits or something like that (laughs) yeah 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 uh (laughs) um so yeah i think we can we can we'll we'll come back to each we'll revisit those for sure yeah um so this as danny mentioned this game came out in early access so it came out in 2014 fully launched in 2018 so four years of development um something jonathan below talks about he made braid uh 
and uh, the witness, he, he, there's this talk he gave that I think I linked to in one of our earlier episodes where the form or the medium dictates the art form and the message. Um, so free-to-play games are designed around free-to-play mechanics and encouraging you to spend money or like gameplay loops that encourage that rather than like you getting value out of playing. Mm. Um, and with early access, I think there's like kind of this potential to you, you're not releasing a free game, but also your player base, your player base is people who already own the game and are expecting more content. So not necessarily everything you drop in the game is going to be something that fits in with a new player like us coming along and playing the game. Um, so a year after launch, base building was added to the game. So wow, what? Sorry, a launch a year after it. it Early access. Early access. So yeah, yeah, there's a year of the game without any bases, and like to us, it feels a little tacked on. Yeah. Um, I'm still surprised though, but we'll yeah. get into that later. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Um, two years in, they add the alien bases. Also, disclaimer: we're going to spoil the shit out of this game. Yeah, and every game from every here game, through the yeah. end of time. Yeah, yeah. We should. That should be like. Wide flank spoiler alert. Yeah, like, what, maybe yeah, I should have called. made this spoiler alert on my uh, Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> or that's a good name for the podcast too. Spoiler yeah, alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll do. We'll A B test with the yeah, yeah. humongous audience. Yeah. And, yes, yeah, that's what say. <laughs> um, three years in, they redesigned the entire Cyclops, which uh, I want to come back to. And four years into the game, they added the Empress, the Sea Empress. And the curing yourself, and like right at, right before launch, they added the Neptune rocket to get off the planet. Um, do you guys want to dive into any of these right now, or I think we'll get I think we'll touch on this as we talk about a lot of the other topics that we know we're going to get into. But also, this is like a bomb. Like I didn't know any of this, so this is like crazy and i need to internalize it so but maybe let's start with like some of the good stuff about the game and first impressions of the game and stuff like that i mean one of my first no, it might have been my actual first note as i was playing the game was my first i'm just reading from my notes right now my first can i can i, can I stop you real quick yeah yeah yeah, yeah. something that we were talking about on this we, uh, before we started and i think is uh gonna be a perennial issue for us but we had this with the um uh castlevania Castlevania. tonight which is like i like subnautica and i like castlevania but i've found so much to criticize about it Mm. um and we were actually talking about uh ratatouille recently um and like that's the scene i was talking about the scene where you have you seen ratatouille danny uh only once actually there's like a a a critic there's a critic moment where he talks about like critics shit all over everything and they don't have to risk anything but actually like the one place a critic can like be their most kind and beneficial is in defense of the new um so like i definitely want to i want to spend some time talking about like what is good because we spent a long time playing this game and a lot of it is enjoyable um so i i definitely don't want that to get lost so yeah (laughs) i'll totally yeah and and listening to people complain for an hour is stupid and boring <laughs> without yeah, any you know, for, for you guys for yeah. you guys we're not yeah. gonna and just yeah. to just to tack onto that onto that is uh anytime that an indie developer can 
take a game from like idea to early access and then to completion that feels like a finished, really clean product, like in gaming, especially now, like I, I will always have a really big appreciation for that totally. and be really psyched about it, you know? Um, so I definitely feel like this game is, yeah, is like a great example of, um, of like a really high quality indie developer with like a huge vision and doing a really great job. So yeah, I, that's, I, I love it for that for sure. That's definitely a good disclaimer too. I mean, this was made in unity. It's free, free unity. <laughs> like yeah. anyone can download unity. There's that, there's a famous John Carmack quote. That's like, you don't need, you know, the best, you know, computers anymore to make games. You just need enough diet Coke in the fridge and enough pizza. And like he's like, you can just sleep on your floor, and, and there's infinite resources nowadays to make any game, you know. And like, I always appreciate that. That's definitely good that you said that, Danny. I mean, these guys made a humongous game, indie, small crew, like great job. And yeah, I'm a piece of shit compared to these. Guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, like I can never do something like this. So. So let's criticize everything they did. Um, my so what what the note that I was gonna read is I think my first note from from them is my first taste of the graphics were like, oh my god, this looks like a shitty Fortnite game. I have so many regrets already, and I don't <laughs> want to play this game. And then you step out of the life pod for the first time and see the ocean and see the crashed spaceship on the planet and see the scale and just hugeness of the planet and the moon. And it was absolute, just like incredible, holy shit moment. This is so amazing already five seconds into the game yeah yeah so we i probably should have said this at the top but you're basically swimming around this water planet the whole time trying to escape the water planet so you're just a free diver and scuba diver trying to collect fish and do shit in this world and yeah i felt the same way it literally looks like Fortnite. i was like this is a cartoon i'm playing like spongebob or something (laughs) at first (laughs) but in like so quickly the you're just it's there's like instant awe like yeah. the planets in the skyline it's unbelievable yeah so do you want to start maybe we'll talk about just just keep going with the beauty of the game or yeah the look yeah, of the game yeah, yeah. And feel. what do you what do you uh, think dude tell me I, about uh, the beauty of the game <laughs> um i think that the land looked bad no <laughs> immediately jumped to the negative no um yeah it's uh it looks great game looks great the water water looks amazing um it's just i feel like all the time underwater is really beautiful and immersive and um and awesome yeah every the game is full of really unique biomes in different areas so you know you swim around from I love the way things fade in. Sometimes it kind of like clips in, but yeah. a lot of times you'll like be swimming into some area and you'll see like a, fi- a fish off in the distance or some glowing ball. And like, you're almost like drawn to it. Like, what is that thing that's off in the distance? And as you get closer, you know, the screen will just fill up with bioluminescent fish or like algae that is, uh, you know, glowing in some like multicolored way or, uh, uh, you get a reef back f- fading into view yeah yeah like a a whale that's also a cor- has a coral reef on it like yeah shit like that is just the sounds the sound design of all that stuff is incredible um it really it 
it's really uh overwhelming in like a good way uh it just like it washes over you um and there's like just a ton to take in everywhere you go and totally every time you you open up the game a little bit more feels like you're you're totally in a state of awe right you're just like you go that little bit deeper you even just the the way the light like permeates the water and less and less so as you go deeper within the water and the first time you're in real darkness and like that kind of stuff is just like executed so flawlessly and the the sense of fear that is with you through the game even though you get stronger and you've kind of experienced everything at certain points of the game i still think like that with the light and the sound and that stuff, they still like execute fear in a way that's beautiful to me also because survival games are very new to me. I've never played anything remotely like this and yeah, being, you know, alone in the water and, you know, I'm a freak playing at 5am and no, no one I know is awake and I'm in the dark in real life and I'm in the dark in the game. And it, <laughs> it you're just, I found that I could lose time in this game more than I don't I think any other game we've played on the game club for sure. I mean I, I would just blaze through five hours and it's six in the morning and the sun's coming up and I'm like, oh shit, I should probably go to sleep. Even though like <laughs> you like you know, we have the disclaimer, there's I have tons of problems with this game and criticisms, but you just kinda get lost in it also, which is amazing. Yeah, and I think the I think the game does an amazing job of having pretty distinct areas. Um like the like the different depths, land versus the surface versus under the surface. Um, it's a uh, and it's not very. It's not like Minecraft where you cross, step over a line and you're in tree biome and then you're in ice biome. You know, there's a really nice, uh, really nice fade. You'll get like a steep cliff that takes you down to mm. um, a darker, more bioluminescent area and things like that. So I um. Yeah, I think it, you know, like you said, it just kind of, you just kind of like are flowing. You kind of feel yourself like flowing through the world and yeah, definitely lose, lose time doing so. Mm-hmm. It, it's um, one thing I really loved is the very quickly, the diving feels really safe and easy. Mm. Um, but there are some situations where you can really get yourself like way in over your head. And yes. You can be exploring a wreck or in a cave system and turn around and suddenly realize you don't know how to get out. And it like it's instant nightmare. It's like I've had this nightmare <laughs> so many times, right? Yeah, like I, yeah. I I'm get I, I like I can maybe get to the surface or I'm like in a crash plane, like I'm getting some breaths from like the top, like the little bit of air in there, unable to find my way out. And it's like it can turn on a dime and it's unbelievable how that it triggers that like, like absolute pure terror in a way that like most games do through like jump scares or you have like an aliens here or you're, you know, you don't have a lot of bullets in your gun and a bunch of zombies are coming. And this is just like, you have to navigate this maze that you got yourself into and didn't plan appropriately. And Mm -hmm. can you get out? And like that, 
I don't know, just that they able, were able to nail that. Like my some of my worst fears of my right. life is really was really awesome. Yeah, the the execution of those I wanna call them like organic fears because it's stuff it's real life stuff. It's like a fight or flight sort of, you know, carnal thing that we have within us that they simulate in in, in perfection. Definitely. I definitely had tons of moments where I'm like I'm in a cave, my oxygen's down to 12 seconds, and I look behind me, and I'm like, wait. And then I look up, and I'm, and it's just cave wall, and I'm like, oh, fuck. And, you know, it's just like, yeah, the, the, the instant panic of everything is so good and, and lasts through the game. You know, I was, I told you guys about my, like, epic, you know, leave my suit and swim to the ship from a thousand meters down. And fo- I was on four water. Basically, if you run out of water, out of a hundred or food out of a hundred you also die and i'm on four water so i'm like going and finding little gel sacks as i go like total panic that whole time i was sweating and it's just like that and that was late game you know that was i'm powerful i have everything like i've uncovered the whole map etc yeah i had to swim away from the sea empress when i started hatching the eggs because it took me so long to get to them, and I was yeah. running out of air, and so I'd just done it, and as they're hatching, I was like, I've got to I've go. So I literally <laughs> missed them coming out. I just swam back to the oh, to the no. portal, went out, and then came right back in, and they were swimming around. I was like, God damn it. That's so funny. So yeah, it, it Do stays. you know about the brain coral? They provide air? I learned In this that game? In the last hour of playing, I would say. Literally no idea. Yeah, so there's this little purple coral that yeah. I don't know if you played Sonic, but like in in Sonic, you would like stand on these bubbles that would like come up in the underwater levels, and Sonic would go like, burp, burp, and, he would, <laughs> and he would get oxygen. Um, so it's kind of like that. Uh, you basically the the brain coral just like bubble up, yeah. And if you swim over the giant air bubbles, you sustain oxygen. So they have one right next to the Sea Empress. I uh, so this doesn't uh, happen to you. Um, and I, I also it. found out really late game that these do that. Like, I just happened to see one in an air bubble and I was like, oh, I wonder if I can breathe it, on that. And I was it's like, a great example of don't, t- don't tell me how to play, don't show them how to play the game. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Remember, never tell the player what to do. Breadcrumb it um, by putting a random fucking coral thing with some bubbles out of it. I'm supposed to know funny. that. Um, <laughs> and this probably is a good, a good time to talk about this, but Teddy and I have done a lot of scuba diving. Yeah, um, and there's a lot that feels really good and like a really good recreation of a lot of the feelings you get doing it. Um, definitely some of the scary ones that that set you 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 two guys were talking about before. Um, and I, I for the most part I found that anything that wasn't that realistic or wasn't that great of a re- remake of real life diving, it was mostly just because it wouldn't really be fun or look good if you had to deal with that. Um, it's like you lose color so quickly as you go down. And this game does it a little bit like the red kelp forest or the blood kelp forest yeah. there. You can tell they're red, but they're like a pretty maroony, um, like pretty muted red. And that is, that's, uh, that's the first color you lose as you go underwater is red. Um, so there's definitely like, it's very clear that they are trying to stay, linked to kind of the real physics of it. Um, but yeah, trying to balance that with 
Well, yeah, it's not when you get 100 meters down, it'd be pitch black. You know, that's not fun or yeah. cool looking. Um, so I, th- I found that they struck it. They struck it pretty well. And the way the way the sea life kind of just doesn't some of it notices you for the most part, it just kind of swims away from you. Um, like that's pretty it's kind of amazing when you're scuba diving that things aren't just mortified of you the whole time or like things will come pretty close. And it's like if you get really close to some way. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I felt I definitely was flashing back to a lot of my scuba diving and um, in a, in a awesome. positive way. Yeah, I think this is probably true for so many, you know, like you often you see this when people talk about guns, like gun nuts about video games and stuff. <laughs> right, like, right, right. Oh, like during action movies, you're like that guns don't do that. Or like, you know, everyone cocks the shotgun, which you would, you did. That's not how guns work. Right? <laughs> um, but also like it's fun, right? Like, and I think they did a like, it's not supposed to be realistic. I mean, unless it is, but this isn't right. And to a certain extent, and it's they do a good job of like finding that balance um that being said you don't use your hands when you're scuba diving so yes uh they didn't need to do that um well we don't well yeah noobs do yeah some people do yeah (laughs) maybe this is is your character's first time in the water yeah totally yeah 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 maybe he doesn't know what he's doing and he's like i didn't see anything in the the locomote (laughs) um that's why you run out of air so fast is because you swim <laughs> with your arms. Yeah. Um, this another beauty thing. My, my last beauty thing that I have written down is also just the scale, um, which I think is, you know, throughout the game, the scale is, is very, it, it keeps getting bigger <laughs> and you stay the same size, right? Like, so the first time you step out of your ship and you see the ocean, it's holy fuck. And the first time you see the, the crashed spaceship, which is, while you're there your spaceship got shot down it's holy fuck it's so huge the moon is so huge and then like as you progress through the game and get the ability to go deeper and build pipes and get a bigger o2 tank and get vehicles the scale keeps scaling (laughs) for lack of a better word like the ocean is keeps getting bigger than what you think is possible like to a point where I think, you know, maybe they should have limited that a little bit and it's very <laughs> overwhelming to me. Um, but it's amazing at the same time, right? And the and the creatures keep getting bigger. The fish and the alien fish and leviathans are just ridiculously massive. And you feel so small, and which is so cool. I just think it's really cool and well done. Yeah, I think both of these, yours and my comments, they really tie into that first pillar that you you talked about Teddy of feeling like I think it was the first one but feeling like you're a foreigner on this planet the the creatures around you react to you but it's very clear that you are not um a part of it you know yeah um, have, you, have you guys seen Jurassic Park 2 Lost World no. not in so long uh he's uh one of the characters is like oh the dinosaur is not afraid of me and he's like well he has no reason to be like you know humans have never been to the island he has no and no evolutionary adaptation for it and then he grabs his taser and he electrocutes the dinosaur and it runs away. And he's like, now it, now it has a reason to fear us. <laughs> oh my God. Awesome. Oh my God. Um, that's some character development for you. But yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Like that, 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 
uh i don't know that just reminded me of it but <laughs> yes like they don't the creatures often don't care about you except for the ones that are aggressive and they just like destroy you it's, yeah uh, the ones that are aggressive and the farters are the only are the only ones yeah yeah true did you guys um, ever get poisoned by the farter whales yeah yeah i, mean, it does I think early on tiniest bit of damage okay yeah, it's like yeah. uh you like cough like a Ooh. stupid like yeah and then you're like did i just take damage and then you know you forget about it yeah the only, one one last thing i was gonna say is uh we talked about the sound and yeah they did a great job of mimicking the way sound kind of hits you underwater like if you were to hear a whale call underwater it would just be everywhere because of the way sound bounces in water mm-hmm. um it's like really hard to determine the source of a sound underwater um and i yeah whenever there's a reef back I think that's what they're called in the, the PDA. Yeah, yeah. Um, every time there's a reef back, it was just like, <laughs> uh, in the best way. And then um, also the sound of the sea glider and the sea moth. I don't know if you've ever used one of those underwater scooters before, no. um, but they sound no. exactly like that. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. That's it, it was really amazing. Cool. And also using one of those in real life is so much fun. Yeah, I want to do uh, it. Really, I've never badly. done it on a dive. Only, uh, only like in a pool, but it, it's really fun. That's you gotta awesome. get one. The sound, yeah. the sound was really good. I mean, the music um, is sort of a separate discussion, which I don't know. We probably don't have to spend too much time on, but yeah. the sound, like you said, the way it's you know implemented underwater, but also just every the creature, like you start to know what's beyond by the sound of the creature. You know, I'm like. Oh, it's that thing, or it's the fucking squid alien thing, or it's this Leviathan. It's that by just the sound of it, which is really a tough, a tough thing to do when there's that many different creatures. Um, and yeah, I thought like again, like the the execution of the fear, right? When it's dark and you hear something and you know what it is, that doesn't mean it's not scary. It might mean it's more scary because you're like, I don't know how close that is to me. And I just saved and I might actually not be able to get out of here, you know, <laughs> which is also really cool. Yeah. There are a couple of times where I was like, Oh, what is that sound? Like, I'm pretty sure that's a reef back, but yeah. it's been a while since I heard one. It might be something else. <laughs> and I'm pretty deep. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think this is a good time as any to mention that, like, I wish this game was the real ocean. Mm. Um, Yeah. We, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be realistic in terms of, like, diving. Like Danny is saying, I think, you know, it's important to make a fun game. But we don't really, most people don't know what is on coral reefs, like, what kind of creatures are out there, like, Every time I scuba dive, I'm like, what is that amazing thing? Um, Like, the ocean is so sick, especially coral reefs. And also, we don't know what's really deep. Like, there are, like, all kinds of underwater videos of, like, creatures no one's ever seen before or seen for the first time on, like, deep oil rigs. Like, we just, we find new animals all the time. Like, they could take a bunch of... Not to mention nobody actually talks about like, you know, I think we know one, like the lantern fish that like yeah. lights up the light and eats fish. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. do this. The finding, the finding Nemo fish. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Or like giant squid. We've never, it's either giant or colossal that we've never actually seen. Yeah, we've we know it was there from alive. scars on sperm whales and from, yeah, from like body parts and stuff. Right. Like you, and you could do so much like with creative license here. Like we don't know what's down here, but this is what might be down here. But 
there's a huge codex or a data bank in the game that tells you all about different creatures and plant life and you can kind you can read it if you want to like immerse yourself in the lore and we can talk like there could be so they could have all been real things to learn about um instead you're learning about fake things some of which is interesting some of which isn't so that you can blast off the planet and never see them again <laughs> it's like it's like kind of a strange it's it just seems to me like a huge missed opportunity like i like everything they had it was cool but like you know it could have been i don't know uh like educational and awesome and i would have like actually spent more time like reading everything and it would have been like oh now i can you know know this shit and it also is helpful for playing the game um yeah yeah, i don't know if it's called like i I, i'm struggling to come up with a word you know it's not historical fiction but i feel like it's like parallel to that where it's science fiction yeah i guess but it's like it has to be based on you know i want a very accurate real ocean you know i don't want it to tell me false facts about you know tuna or whatever i'm scanning but if you also want to incorporate aliens in there because we're on an alien planet like that's cool don't worry i won't think they're real (laughs) you know (laughs) like the way the data bank is split up it's already split up with like as if the fish are real, the fauna's the flora fauna is real, but the alien stuff is different, and they could have just done that with real stuff. And like you said, I mean, it really wouldn't have taken anything away from the game, I don't think, and it would have just made me more excited to read all the stuff and learn all the stuff because, yeah, I don't know shit about any of that stuff. You know, yeah, I, I know nothing about it. Yeah, there are. If you like think you might be like, well, I don't know if I saw the fish I normally see in pictures and stuff, then they would be not as immersive to be on this other world. But there are so many reef fish that you have never seen before. And <laughs> right. Like these fish don't, especially the small fish, look exactly like normal fish yes. that you would see on a reef. Yes. Like the bladder fish and the like the hula fish. Peeper. I mean, we have angel fish and surgeon fish in real life, like tons of like really weird stuff. So like the peeper there probably is a fish that has like an eyeball yeah like a moth style moth wing <laughs> style thing on on it you know um until you get deeper which and which you would be less bound by reality if you were mimicking earth um there's not nothing really strange about it the coral and kelp looks exactly like real coral yeah. you've got brain coral right uh, you know that is a real thing um and table coral and stuff so yeah, I, I thought that was a really. I hadn't thought about how in, how cool it would have been to be learning more about the ocean and mm-hmm. aquatic life that actually exists. But now that you've said it, I can't unthink it. You know. Yeah. Like Google Nudibrink. Well, maybe we'll put it in show notes because it's hard to spell. But <laughs> it's like N U D A B R I N C H. It's like all the flatworms and stuff. Like. I think like so many of them are undocumented. What the hell? And is they this? all just look incredible, right? Like that's all in the ocean. Yeah, and they're just yeah. like the co- the coolest things ever. Um, so yeah, yeah basically, and, basically, one of my notes it's just like deep ocean equals space. I'm just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like sure. you experience that in this game. It's like oh, the game decided to put aliens in the deep ocean. There could be. We know not like nothing about it. You know, just in not dissimilar ways to sci-fi just being like, there's aliens on Mars. And I'm like, could be. I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
yeah, yeah I've always no, that's described a, that's a great point. <laughs> I've always described night diving as like the closest thing to going to space because there's no color, there's no like visual cue that you're underwater when it's you're on a night dive oh, because crazy. you can't really see the, you can't that. really see the water. Um, and so it's yeah, it's like and the coral looks like moon rock, you know, especially with no color. So it's yeah, I, I often think about how it is. It might as well be space when it's in certain contexts. Yeah, so that's a scuba diving at night is the best thing I've ever done. Top, yeah. top, top experience. Wow. So I, oh, I, I got to get on that. Yeah. It's a different kind of game club. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is also kind of weird that there are certain things like, like the, the shallow water coral starts to disappear as you get deeper and replaced by very different flora. Mm. And that is all they, there's a very realistic way that it happens. So there's a lot of, yeah, the mimicry of, our oceans is cool, but also, yeah, it does kind of make you wonder why even bother with making it entirely alien, maybe, you know? Maybe it's um, copyrighted or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now uh, it is. But um, this kind of leads me into a, a, a bigger topic that I know we're going to get to anyway, which is just like, what is a survival game? What is an open world game? What does that mean, really? Because, you know, open world to me basically means the story may not matter. Like you can, you can make it matter as much or as little as you want and you can just free explore and just have fun. And if the world's cool enough to, you know, keep you entertained, then cool. You can just play GTA and, and never do the plot and just work on your car and just like make money and like, cool, that's fun, you know? And, just just by talking about it even now i'm just getting like i'm bummed that it wasn't the real ocean and i couldn't just be spending more time in the real ocean learning more i feel like it would have been even more of an open world feeling to me not not versus what my actual experience was which was like i need to figure out the story like i would have spent more time like base building and learning and scanning and reading all this stuff if it was real I think, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so, which which end of that do you do you want to tackle first? Do you want to talk about genre, or do you want to talk about kind of the lore, maybe kind of the lore and the story? Let's 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 talk about the kind of game because I think that'll come out of it. So, yeah, like so, he, the game wasn't a survival game when it was first created. Like not, it wasn't up the plan. He mm. says this. He okay. came up with the he came up with the idea because someone and well he didn't come up with it. Someone on Reddit said, "Why is there a survive? Why is this a survival game without health and hunger uh, and thirst and well, stuff?" Yeah, and or it only had health, right? It didn't have thirst and hunger. And he was like, "Oh yeah, I guess I should make this like a full survival game, right?" Which you know, not to say that's like necessarily bad, but. It wasn't in initially envisioned as a survival game. Um, his like kind of idea for this was like Minecraft in water. Okay. Um, which Minecraft is kind of a survival game also. It didn't um, have hunger originally, probably okay. when this game was made. So it was sim- It probably met the same qualifications for survival as Minecraft, okay. which is yeah. there is a way to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah what so what's a survival and teddy i feel like this is your wheelhouse like this is you play survival games you love survival games like 
I'm new to this entire experience. I don't really know what a survival game is supposed to be or what like a great survival game feels like or or does for you. Yeah, so, I mean, at base, and a lot of people, criticisms people will levy is survival games are just meter management. So you're just making sure your thirst is high or your food is high and, like, don't run, you know, if it, your food is out of 50 and it gets down to 10, you need to eat or bad things start happening. Um, but the games are all about everything in between that right and that's why i think they're to like say their meaner meaner management is like kind of stupid it's like saying like mario is about like how tall you are it's like not about that at all right that's mario's about coins yeah right um if you take damage you get shorter so you just got to stay tall um this game's stupid um but ableist yeah yeah what the fuck um but i would say like really good intense ones are ones that are constantly expecting you to plan for all kinds of situations um they're like forcing you to make sacrifices so like what i just found this cache of items what do i take what do i leave behind it's getting dark soon do i go back now um all questions that need to be made like quickly usually and often both have downsides so you're making lots of sacrifices and you have to learn some of the mechanics of the game obviously but a lot of it's often based in reality like this you have to eat you have to drink um and so they're like the the moment you talk about is like escaping the deeps with four health trying to like kill yeah. fish along the way like that's so much of like the long dark which is like one of the like one of my favorite games of all time it's just like a blizzard wilderness and you're like you know you step outside to go get food and then like a snowstorm comes and you're like walking super slow and you're like okay do i stop and make a fire because i'm about to get hypothermia or to like try and get food um like maybe i should sit by the fire for a while so i can walk faster like there's just like so many it's just like always like oh my god i'm about to die all this sh- amazing like horrible shit's happening but it makes everything so exciting and meaningful Mm. um this game doesn't is so the survival aspect is so easy and actually reading the patch notes they continued to make the game easier oh that's like the oxygen depletion went down um uh i forget what else they changed but there are like multiple things where they make they definitely like make the game easier and i assume that's because a lot of people or some people in the community are like this is stupid this is hard and like you know you're dealing with tens hundreds of thousands of people who paid money for your game like it's kind of hard to you know be like no you're wrong right like try again maybe yeah um and this is like one of those other issues like potentially with early access like obviously this could happen in play testing behind closed doors um but you know, I think what we are left with is a game that basically shouldn't be survival, right? In my opinion, uh, you're always at full health and full water. Like the only time it's low is like because you're being lazy, not because like yeah. very rarely are you in a situation where like you, you know, you have one really awesome story, which is awesome. But like one out of 41 hours, well, more because, you know, sometimes you have to go back to your save. So probably 45 hours of playing. There was right. one time where I was like, I have no water 
and I'm nowhere near my base and I need to get home. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah Danny. Yeah. I was just going to say about the, these particular meters is in so many games, there are a lot of trade-offs you make even when you're addressing this, right? Like I expect that there to be more trade-offs, especially with the variation, the types of fish. And we're just reading the descriptions as like, Oh, this one's like odorous. Am I going to lose health when I eat it? Mm. Or maybe it'll give me hunger now, but I'll drain it faster later. Um, you know, things like that. And like the filtered water versus the purified or, or yeah. whatever it is. Like I thought there would be some kind of other mechanic on, behind the scenes that they would influence. Um, but it really is. It's just like how much food you get and how much water you get from it. Um, so yeah, it does really feel like it was just kind of tacked on, um, and there doesn't seem like there was that much interest in making it a really deep, interest, like engaging part of the game. Yeah, like we just played the Green Hell or some of the Green Hell. We're still playing it. Uh, Amazon survival game. And like Madeline touched a poison dart frog, like picked it up and like was really badly like poisoned. Like her health was going down and stuff, but she survived. And then Danny ate the poison dart frog <laughs> and would just spend like the next like two in-game days puking and like dehydrated, <laughs> you know, like like clearly did something really stupid and like is now i think you know i don't think you did you die danny but yeah it was just like i think i did yeah yeah like nothing comes close to happening like that in this game and um also the cost of death is very low in this game yeah in fact it's basically non-existent you save non-stop save non-stop but also you could be if you're at the bottom of the ocean and you got like a you know you got your uh you got a ruby and you die you respawn in your Cyclops or in your life pot or whatever with the Ruby. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, it's, it's a strange combination of survival mechanics without the game built around it. You know, Mm. I, I I have this note that I didn't, wasn't sure how it would work in, but this is a good opportunity, which is like save scumming. Like I basically like before I would go down really deep to an area I hadn't explored, I'd save right at the top, go straight down, figure out, like get the area, like, understood and then like die often and then just reload because like yeah i found the game the the oxygen mechanic is like so otherwise it's just like so cruel to explore new areas especially deep areas um so it's like it's survival in like very specific moments otherwise you're just you're always fine yeah it sounds like I mean, basically what you're telling me is they they touched on a lot of the survival game things, but they didn't really commit to it. And therefore, I would describe this game more as meter management than survival, because that <laughs> right. really is what it is right. in this game. Right. It's just, oh, um, my food's at 40. I'll eat a peeper. Okay. Yep, Don't have peeper. to think about that until my food gets low again. My hunger yeah. gets low again. Oh, my yeah. oxygen's low. They tell me over the... My AI thing tells me. Okay, going to my ship. Okay, it's full. Okay, back. Yep. It's just like a stupid, annoying thing. Not really it, survival. It clashes. The survival mechanics clash with what I see people online describing the game as and what the game feels like, which is this immersive exploration. Right. Um, like otherworldly game, because and part of that is you know if you play Minecraft, you can go to a new biome far away from, and it's really easy to build the basic tools you need to just keep your hunger meter up, you know. Um, and in this game, you're just 
if you're do if you're not prepared, you just are constantly interrupting that exploration process. Um, it sounds like you guys didn't have many problems with your meter management, which, as you can see uh, from this screenshot, I definitely did <laughs> oh have my problems. God. Um, I, Wait, where do I see the screenshot? My my his, Zoom background. His his background on Zoom. Um, his food and water is like five. Oh, yeah, <laughs> mine was. I was low all the time, so I was constantly having to go back um, to my life pod or Cyclops or whatever to cook whatever I just grabbed. So, um, yeah, I just well, you yeah, don't plan it was very, very well. In, <laughs> right, right. That's exactly. what I was gonna say. You're kind of yeah, exactly. you're the young gun here. You just yeah. you just get me in my ship. I'm out of here. <laughs> me and Teddy are like, I gotta prepare for a long journey. I I may never return. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally shoving my Cyclops through holes that is definitely not coded to fit through. Just get me down there. This thing's coming all the way to the Sea Empress. So good. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think I guess it's a survival game, but. I think it leans much more to the action adventure genre than it does to, um, I think, or explore, exploration than it does survival. And then that segues really nicely to the other part of it, right? Which is the open world part, which, uh, yeah, you know, sorry. everything you were saying is what I read also of reviews and, and people on Twitch and YouTube. Oh my God, the exploration, the, the joy of exploring and discovering new things and, I felt those joys and it was really cool like we we already covered and but there is a story and there is a line of progression and the plot is gated until you do certain things the plot is gated until you find the right things you know he in the in the making of Subnautica the, this like YouTube video I watched he said we didn't want quests and and the the writer said we want a story that works in an order, sort of, but not completely. Well, there are quests, and the story is in order. You can't do stuff until you find the right tool. You can't go deeper until you build the right thing, which you need the right resource for. You know, and I just felt like you said it clashed the the idea of an explore exploration like beautiful game clashed with survival. I also felt that way with calling it an open world and calling it an exploration game where, no, there's there's these things. I'm getting regular radio calls that tell me what to do. Don't tell a player what to do. Respect their time. You're telling me what exactly what to do. You're putting it on my map and with a giant countdown at the top of the screen until I get there, you know? And so I didn't feel that it was actually open world at all, even though, yes, you can technically swim anywhere, you're constantly sort of reminded and I guess breadcrumbed, but not really breadcrumb. You're you're like feeling bad if you're not progressing the story, or at least, you know, that's how I feel. Yeah, and this I have this written down that the game doesn't have enough going on when you're not pursuing the main quest or radio transmissions to encourage you to just wander for no reason. Um you know, in Sky, you know, and you know, an example of this being Skyrim, you can just be walking between cities, and an assassin will, you know, because you committed a crime somewhere or you killed someone, will be coming to take vengeance. You don't have to fight him, or where a courier will come bring you a letter, and it's something you have to do. And um, you know, there, you'll come across all these crazy things in GTA. There'll be a someone's getting robbed, and you can intervene if you want. Um, yeah. There's like all these things to kind of fill that space and 
this game is just it's like either you're doing the main quest or you're just doing nothing um and like kind of taking it all in which I've, i've definitely i'm definitely aware that there are a lot of people who play this game that love it for that they love being able to just get lost and kind of close their eyes and enjoy everything that's happening you know um but for a game i don't know it well, I don't. I don't want Planet Earth or like uh, you know Nat Geo, <laughs> the Nat Geo experience, or but. make it that. In my opinion, right? Yes, like, yes. Like I've That's played games like that, right? Um, like all the loops are kind of broken and they kind of clash. Like going to build a new base in a new area in Minecraft takes like you know two minutes, right? And you can have it stocked with all the basics you need to explore that whole area. In this game, it takes you know. I don't know, 45 minutes to like build the room you need, like bring all the equipment with you. Like you have a small inventory, right? Like the, if it, if they're, if they want to make it even grind, like grindy, like you have to go get resources all the time. Like make that the game. Like I play games like that and I love it. Like don't starve is just like grinding away. Um, Lots of games are like that. And it just seems, it seems all over the place. Uh, Like the, having to go from like one end of the map to then realize you have to go to the other end of the map and this game is just like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> god damn it. Uh, or to f- need some mineral you can't find is just brutal. And yeah. um, Right, and that's just, what I mean. Right? It, it's like, there's no quests and the story is not... Well, if I can't find ma- Magnemite or whatever and I need to go deeper, well, I'm fucked. I can't <laughs> right. play your game, so... Right, it's like you're you're in between all these different genres, and you're not committing to any of them. And one of the one of the stream of consciousness notes that I put in our Discord is me. I wrote, literally wrote, I guess I'll keep surviving because that's what I'm supposed to do. Because I got to yeah. a point in the game where I don't know. It's been 15 hours since I got a radio transmission, so don't no idea what to do in story wise. I guess I'll just survive. And I was just like. You know, I'm loosely progressing the story. I'm sometimes finding new things, but I'm also finding majority old things, and I'm mostly just doing shit that I've just you know finding eating the same fish, like you said, like the the stats of the fish that you eat like don't really change, right? And on that note, you can also, and I mean, I'm I'm touching on many different <laughs> things right now, but another like topic that I had written down is 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 about like teaching you how to play the game, and I feel like we've talked about that in all the game club episodes so far. But right, it kind of teaches you like once you figure out that the whole story and progression of the game is basically via the scanner. You have to scan everything to get it into your codex and data bank, and that progresses stuff. It teaches you to scan everything, like grab everything, try and interact with everything. But the only fish you can eat for the entire game are the small ones. Killing a big fish does absolutely nothing. It just dies. You can't interact with it. You can't eat it. You can't use it for resources. It's just useless. Like There's tons of stuff you just can't scan. You can't grab. You can't kill. You can't do anything. And like... Yeah, yeah. This is, this is a pet peeve of mining games in general. What is flavor and what is mechanics oriented or like yeah. inventory oriented? Like, especially with a survival game, like, can I pick up this plant or is it, you know, and you have to go up to it and it's like, nope, this is just a 
something someone designed in unity to look good like yeah. it's not yeah. an item for you like don't like just look at this right it's like yeah. a really weird experience like that's you know i understand like games have to make sacrifices and, yes. like, they can't do that but it's just like it doesn't it, a lot of games have this issue but it doesn't feel great and the the other thing that i think is really important here is like you're they teach you to scan they teach you to use the the codex right or mm-hmm. uh, data bank so like okay this mineral is found in the shallows in these kinds of deposits right like copper is found here yeah you know late game they're like you need something right like magnetite or a kyanite or something and you like look at your data bank and it literally says this is what it says is this is super important for high level crafting <laughs> right it's like are you ma- are you making fun of me like is yeah this, like are you like are you fucking with me right now like I'm, i know like that's literally why i'm here like i'm trying to advance the game like please get like i'm doing everything right that you've taught me how to do and you're yes. like you're laughing at me yes <laughs> oh um, my god i don't know what like is it because they don't want to reveal it and they want you to have to find it are they just is it a meta joke like no it's like it's bad it's bad design, it's just in my bad yeah. yeah it's just yeah. bad and that's what i meant with the teaching you how to play right it's they do a good job early game. That's that's another thing that I think, you know, we, we have to mix in some of the good. Like, I think early game, they actually do a very good job teaching you how to play. Like, the, I don't know what it's called, tutorial phase or something like that, right? They teach you, this is how you get food. This is how you fabricate stuff. This is how you find resources. This is how you interact with the wildlife around you and learn. And this is how you progress the story. And this is what happens with your data bank and when you run out of oxygen and when you're low on food and, like, all that stuff and then it just seemed like as the game grew and maybe this is partially an early access thing but as the scope grew exponentially the you have to unlearn all of the things that the game taught you to do you can't scan this or you're scanning shit from the very beginning of the game even though you're a thousand meters deep and 30 hours into the game um and this is similar to a Castlevania complaint that I had where you're also teaching me to very meticulously go through everything. And if I miss it, I might be fucked and I can't continue the game. So every single wreck, every single anything that I'm in, I'm literally combing it with my flashlight. I'm trying to scan everything. And... And usually you do it three times because you're like, I miss something. Oh, 300 yeah. times because there's no – that my all-knowing God AI databank is incapable of drawing a 2D map. So I have no idea where I've been, where I haven't been. I'm, it, and that's, that's the thing that it teaches you. It's never worth assuming you've been there because that's how you miss an essential tool that you need to progress the game. And – then you just, ah, oh, fuck. I just have to fucking comb this. Ra- I'm pretty sure I was here, but I'm not 100% sure. I have to comb through it, scan everything. I've already scanned all this shit. You know, I can't interact with any of these fish. Fuck. <laughs> and you move on. And this ties back in what we were just talking about where, or what I was just saying, um, where retracing your steps feels really bad. Ugh. Because there's nothing new or unique or exciting about going back to the area next to the Aurora. It's like, after you have that first experience having a Reaper Leviathan grab you, 
which is which awesome is amazing yeah like unreal uh, it is you just go back and you're like uh, now i just have to dodge this uh, like dodge the reaper leviathan i gotta leave my seat i'm probably gonna lose my seamoth again <laughs> and i'm just scanning i'm just going to as many finding as many piles and i'm like and then i found myself asking like am i too deep now and is it, does this mean i just won't find any pieces anymore yep. like am i just gonna find laser cutter pe- uh, fragments um like am i in the wrong area now because so much of the game is built around very specific locations where things are like if you venture too far from the wreck you're not going to find anything or like a little or a life pod you're not going to find anything so i'm like have i crossed the game design line you know i'm not i'm not finding myself being like does it make sense that something could be over here in like an immersive way it's very much like did they put something over here you know um not like could it have exploded and landed over here so right um yeah, there was one thing I just kept thinking about. Is like I cannot go back to the Aurora. I do not want to climb up and run around on that and Awful. have the crabs glitching out and jumping on me. Um, which, you know, in, in Skyrim or GTA, you go back to the same places all the time and crazy shit is happening all the time. And it's really, it's just always really fun to be in the world, um, yeah. no matter where you are. So, yeah. I, yeah, so, so going back to the design process for this or the release process, of this they would release an area with all the creatures and everything in it and that would be like the update for the like the next three months so you know you have this in early access you get you know it's a patchwork grid of biomes which you know is cool but Mm -hmm. like they would basically just add one and then all the players playing early access would go they know it's the new one they scan everything they learn everything and then, I don't know, they probably stop playing or they build a base and they just mess yeah. around because that's all there is to do in the game. And so, like, by the time, you know, the 10th biome comes, it doesn't matter that it's in the middle of all these other ones and you don't know, like, you've been to all these other places, you just beeline it for that and you explore it. But for us, who, like, have never played this game before, uh, it's chaos, right? It's so, There's so much stuff you're wanting to do. Am I doing this right? Um and I, I do think this is like one of these problems with like the way potentially with the way it was released and the way like content keeps dripping out of it. Mm. Um, it's a limitations thing also, right? So, and which it goes hand in hand with how they did it. I don't think if this came out as one complete game, maybe it wouldn't have been as big and it surely wouldn't have been as confusing and, I definitely had what you had, Danny, um, several times in the game where I was like, oh, I did it out of order. I'm too deep. I need to, like, pretend I don't have this depth to go find the thing that I think I was supposed to get earlier. Right. Which is so, so bad. And just if you want to talk about this as an immersive, amazing, exploratory feeling, well, that's one way to completely remove any immersion is, like, thinking about how the game designers maybe wanted me to play this instead of just playing it and yeah i mean i do think the game is missing limitations right i mean if we're comparing it to something like castlevania which is you know much older and much smaller in general but you you kind of similarly like don't really know what to do you just have to cruise around and explore and and go to areas you haven't been but there's a it, it you're within the castle no matter what Right there's a castle. That's your entire universe, and there's a map to that castle. So you have like the black area you haven't been to, but 
it's more like digestible to look at that and be like, okay, I'm pretty sure I just need to go to that room for the thing that I don't have or whatever. But, you know, with no map or anything like that, I mean, I ended up with 35, 40 beacons around this 5,000 kilometer ocean that goes 2,000 meters deep. Like, I still didn't have any of it covered, really. You know, there's so much that I probably never went to because it's just overwhelmingly big. And I think not limiting themselves in that regard, like, actually hurt the game, even though, you know, the scale well, looks cool and feels cool. It didn't, the game is, 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 is like a mess, sort of. Well, and if it's bigger, that's fine as long as you don't need to go, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, the, I don't have a problem with it being three times as big. Like, that would be amazing, in fact. Yeah. But, like, the problem is you ha- the game's teaching you, like, go all these places. You need to do this. You need to scan this. Yeah. You need to find this. And it's, like, and you're, like, have I been here? What is it? What Like, what, you know, it's, we, all these problems we've talked about. Um, I do want to say that I think the execution, not the execution, how they went about presenting the story i think was really cool and unique to me which is like get a radio transmission that basically usually the radio transmission tells you where another crashed life pod is from your spaceship you know your other passengers from the ship you go there you scan i mean you pick up their like black box essentially with like their data on it and sometimes a voice recording and i think that that was like really cool and well acted and well written stuff about like you know and that's kind of how you like yeah even figure out there is a story you don't even know there is a story until you start like piecing those together and you know at one point you go to this island and there's a, a survivors from 10 years earlier, human survivors from 10 years earlier, and you find their data logs and their voice logs. And I think it's really cool and really interesting. And I was definitely engaged, but it, everything, it's like all of these separate teams and separate things within the game seemed like they work completely independently. And then we're just like, all right, smash everything together. This is the final product, you know? And then there's... You know, that all, all that good stuff is like 10 hours. And mm-hmm. then like, there's so much punctuation so of much monotony. Um, the, the other thing I want to say is like, where we're all le- kind of leading to him. And I did a little bit of this is look stuff up online. Mm. Like the game is begging you to do that. Um, and I, I really, especially like as I get older, I like really don't want to play games where you have to do that. Um, like I, I just couldn't, it's like, it's either in, in order to play this game well on its own terms, you have to spend so much time. It's like kind of cruel in some ways. And if you don't respect do the that, player and the time. Yeah, right. It's like it's a it's a joke, right? He like def- they joke. definitely don't respect the player and the time. And if you don't do that, it's just like paint by numbers, right? Which we talked about before, right? It's look it up on the wiki, like go there and do it. It's like, why did it, like, why am I even playing this game then? Right. Like in order to build the drill arm, which I thought I needed, I like looked it up and, um, oh, also one, the orange tablet. So like, Ugh. so this is the other thing, breadcrumb the game, right? So like a lot of the stuff is breadcrumbed, but then there's like literally a hard gate. There's actually a barrier wall 
where you get to the deepest part of the game, like the last room in the, the game, right? It's the alien base, yeah. like how you're going to solve the game, save the world. And you can't get in unless you have a special tablet, the orange tablet. Blue. I've never seen blue. one or blue. I've never seen a blue tablet. I've only seen purple tablets. I played the game for 45 hours. I've never like what? Like, yeah, <laughs> I can't. Are you are you joking? Like a, and, literally a key card. And we both have. Yeah. That. I know, Danny, you didn't experience that. You, the you, king of tablets. Yeah, you're a tablet god. But like we it's it's insane that we both experienced the exact same order of events and ended up in the deepest part of the game and the final thing, the fucking ending. And and you kind of have that feeling, too. Right. Of this is the end. Like I'm I, I'm, I'm doing I'm, it. How many times did I message you guys in the thread? Like, I'm pretty sure I'm really close to beating the game. And then you get there. Yeah, so I'm in my prawn suit. Finally, I I see this thing in the distance, or this lava room. This The leviathan, the dragon leviathan, grabs me, throws me into the lava pit. I barely survive, and I stumble along across the base. And I'm like, like, oh my god, like, this is it. Like, this is what I've been waiting for, like... I know it. And like, th- it was just so awesome. It was like, yes. it was all the things in the game working, right? Like I was exploring. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to mine some minerals, whatever. I'm going to go back to my Cyclops. It'll be fine. Then I'm like, oh, I'm going to die. Oh my yeah. God, what's this creature? <laughs> and then it's, you need a key card to enter the final area of the base. It's like, like, like the biggest, uh, just ki- uh, what's a buzzkill? Yeah, buzzkill. It's the biggest buzzkill. I was like, yeah. God damn. So yeah. I looked it up after like searching for it for three hours. Like that's not fun. Yeah, it's, there's also like three moments at the end of the game like that. It's like you. I didn't experience that because I had already gotten the because I'd already used a blue tablet for another room, and so then yeah. I'd already found two blue tablets and. Um, I think I I didn't even think to keep it with me. I just had it in my inventory by chance and hadn't gotten rid of it. To, to, but to so be you do young, that. to be young and, <laughs> young and, and dumb. dumb. Holy yeah. shit! Me and but, Teddy meticulously prepare for our final journey into the lava <laughs> pit where we've never been before yeah. and get fucked. And Danny's just like, I guess I'll fucking go I'm down swinging, here. I'm swinging around in my prawn suit. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I was literally like grappling the manta rays and swinging around. I'm just like, get me the fuck in here, boys. Oh um, shit. And, but so then you get through that and then you meet the sea empress and it's just crazy scene. And then she's talking to you and then go fetch all the eight pieces you need to do this. And it's like, oh, okay. Some of them I've seen before. Some of them I haven't. You go do that. Spend a couple hours doing that. And then you come back. There's just like, then you have to make the, launch platform and then you have to make the rocket yeah but the game has kind of felt like it was about to end for hours yeah and they keep kind of just like hey hey, no you're gonna have to go explore a little more you know it's like yeah so i i still got a little a little taste of that for sure all of these things are added by the way in separate content updates well i was gonna say it feels exactly like that I mean, you, you said at the beginning, four years in, they added the Sea Empress and curing yourself, and then right before launch, they added the rocket. I have a hand-drawn map on my notepad of the Sea Empress room, or like dungeon, whatever you want to call it, and where all the teleporters lead, because I had already found all the teleporters and beaconed all of them. 
So I had them all labeled with like alien zone, like fucking weird zone, you know, like whatever they're called. And so I had it all mapped out on my notepad. Go, this game, I'm easily 45 hours into the game at this point. They tell you, yeah, you need to find these five things. Okay. Not a coincidence. There's one of them is in the Sea Empress area. And the other four are directly outside of all four teleporters that's in the base. Like, the most, like, basic, this is how you play a video game thing you could ever possibly think of. That they were just like, this is the end of the game. Do this super A to A, B to B, C to C, and D to D thing. Use your fabricator. Congratulations. You beat the game. I'm just like, what? Like, that well, could have been the first thing you crafted in yeah, the game. Like, it what, could have been, yeah. What is yeah. this? Like, I haven't used my knife in 40 hours. Now I have to, like, go and get these stupid-ass plants? This is the cure? Like, what What are you talking about? So, they know better. And so, let, let me read you this quote from Charlie. Okay. Is that his name? Yeah, I think I think so. that's what he said, yeah. Um, so... They revamped the Cyclops three years in. So we long considered its main purpose was as a gate. So, oh, God. There you go. P- problem. This is, Hide- this is Hideo Kojima talking yeah. right now. <laughs> there was no other way to get to the deeper depths required to beat the game, but driving a clunky bus for hours at a time just, just to surpass a gate was tedious. We had already built the world with this pacing in mind and already released it, so we didn't want to rework the basics or remove it entirely but we knew there must be a way to make it a nicer experience. So like this is, we can't walk back the shit we've made, but we want to make it better with what, what exists, which is like, not like if I feel like if they were really brave, they would just be like, we're going to delete a bunch of the content we made and redesign some of the games. Some, some cost, right. Or something. It's right. Some cost. Or people be like, Oh, I I love this part. Like, why'd you get rid of it? It's like, because we're yeah, making whatever. a final product, we're not yeah. appeasing to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Reddit's a scary place, so you know. <laughs> true, I don't <laughs> true. <laughs> um, so the Cyclops didn't do anything before this. It was just like a, it was basically the Seamoth. So, and I'll, I'll I'll add this in show notes as well. But they basically have these the like inspiration is like this clip from uh, Hunt for Red October and like U five seven one of like the anxiety of like a torpedo bearing down on you and the radar beeping. And so they added the repairing the ship, the like the holes in the side, they added the fires, they added um, like the radar uh, of like the, when ship like enemy, like Leviathans are nearby. Yeah. And they actually managed to do this with the Cyclops. Like, even though it is a clunky bus and it feels like kind of bad to drive, it feels, you get that feeling of like like uh yeah i don't know i'm driving there's like insane shit going on like i better like drive really quietly so nobody hears like on silent kill the lights like yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and like i'm gonna turn the floodlights off before i go just like all this cool they they turn the cyclops into this which is a gate but like actually is this whole fun experience yeah and i think so much of the game needed that and they didn't do it right? right it it um and they realized it with the cyclops but like yeah like oh it sucks to for players to have to go find an orange yeah. or blue tablet but too late know, too late yep <laughs> mm. yeah I, I yeah i guess they just 
That that is bizarre. I'm glad that you found all this stuff because they just sort of layered everything on top of itself for I guess six years of development or whatever it was, four years, five years. But yeah, and then they the one thing they decided to rework is like one of the cooler things in the game. Like Danny, I know you loved your your Cyclops, and it's the background on your Zoom right now. Like, <laughs> it's it's really cool. It's really well executed, even though it is clunky. You know. Yeah, no, I did love the Cyclops, and I've I've been trying to figure out why. And that like description, like the hunt for the Red October, is mm. I yeah, I loved when I was getting attacked. And I had to run and put out the fire and then swim outside and repair and stuff. And um, yeah, so, so it, I, it makes you wonder how many other things could have been twice as fun um, or cut or right. Yeah, it, I think this leads into and I think there might be some disagreement, but making the game multiplayer. Oh, okay. so I was yeah, just yeah. I was just thinking that. So so. And there are so many things where this applies, but like, I'm, do you want to talk, Elon? Why wouldn't this game be good multiplayer? Well, I was actually, I actually wanted you to start because okay, I'll start. I, I'll no, start. the reason why is because I don't have experience in these types of survival e games, and I've never played Minecraft, so I want to hear about like what's great about the multiplayer experience because my only experience is this, which is very like solitary and you know like much like i was saying at the beginning like i'm in the ocean in the game and it's dark and crazy but i'm also it's also 5 a.m and i'm the only one in my apartment you know and like i felt i felt connected in those moments but i don't i just don't really know what i feel like i would get taken out of that more than i would get stuff added with the multiplayer features so i'm just curious you know i think that's a that's a valid concern and like i do think some of these moments would have been you know diminished to a certain extent like the fear of finding something just by yourself and like the quiet um hearing the sounds like there are a lot of experiences that i think are made scarier or you can connect more with because there's nothing no one else to talk to and right. everything um and the game's kind of like you're the last survivor on that, yeah island. like there's yeah. that and like even like the the uh hip hypnotizing moments I, I don't know what it's called where the the you find out it's the sea empress later but you don't know what the hell's happening like your screen just gets taken over and this heavenly voices speaking to you in like a sort of like vague cool way like like yeah the like like you said i feel like those types of moments that i thought were really well executed and cool and kind of scary and creepy were like those are best alone but what what would be the best parts of making it multiplayer what would be the best things about making it co-op because i know both of you guys feel this way yeah so first i would say that I think horror games are made worse by co-op um, or at least they're it really makes them not horror games. I don't think I've ever been scared playing a co-op game with someone else, um, but I get I'm like too scared to play amnesia. Like I, just, I literally can't play it alone at night. <laughs> um, so I Me too. I've never finished it because it's so scary. Yeah. What? Yeah. And so I, some people consider Subnautica to be survival horror. Yeah. Um, and. So I guess if if you really think it leans into that, then yeah, that would I I think that would be spoiled by it. Um, but to me, the way the game felt 
like when the Reaper Leviathan grabs me, it's more of like a what is going on? Like what the hell is uh, that thing? Yeah. Not like a <gasps> like I gotta get out of here, I gotta get yeah, out of here. Yeah. You know, which to me it would have been like if Teddy was sitting like if we were on di- in Discord and like you look and see my sea moths just getting shaken around, it'd be like so crazy and really <laughs> funny. Um and that's what it it played more like that for me. So yeah. um yeah, and I just my bias is just I, I think every game is more fun co op, um, and it would just be it's like amazing in Minecraft or Don't Starve to together to leave your base to go gather resources and you come back and Jacob has built this like amazing new thing like there's an observatory in your back and you know you can you've got all these great like parallel I don't know a lot of like parallel things happening at the same time and so I. Uh, I don't know. I just found myself being like, man, I really wish. And the Cyclops is the best example of this is like, I really wish I was piloting. And, you know, Teddy is like, turn off, like, turn off the fucking lights while he's f- fire extinguishing the engine. You know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, again, it's just it's kind of like these clashing aspects of the game where the Cyclops feels like it's built for co-op. And right. it feels it feels like you're in lovers in a dangerous space time, uh, which is a game, um, a co-op game. And um, but it's. But you have to do it alone. It's so. funny that this all circles sort of back to the what what is this game and they and simultaneously they don't know what they are. Because like you said, like some people this is a pure horror game. And it's right. so scary. I, I'm too scared to go deep. You know, I'm gonna die and there's aliens and they're teleporting and it's fucking crazy. But and like, yeah, and that that would change if you think it should be solo or co op, which is, is interesting. What about you, Teddy? So some of these moments would be also be awesome. Like Danny, you will not believe what just happened to me. Like, or, you know, me and Alon were doing this thing and like this Leviathan, it ate the Seamoth and blew it up. Like Danny be like, it, what? It's like, like what, what did it look like? And we were like trying to describe it. Like it kind of, it, it definitely changes the tone, but in my mind it is like just more, there is also element of wonder and excitement to it. Um, there's, I don't know if you've ever played Dead Space or know what it is. It's a third-person survival horror game in space. Um, I've heard of action. It, I don't know action. Action. The first, yeah, horror. action horror. The first two games are solo, and the third game is co-op. And one of the like things is like the aliens you're interacting with make people go insane, and. Danny and I played it together. We actually set it up in the living room with two TVs back to back. So oh we're playing my God. on the other side of each other because you can't play on the same console. Um, and Danny's character is starting to kind of lose his mind. Like he's hearing voices. And Danny's like, Do you did you hear that like birthday song? And I'm like, What? And he's like, Did you hear this birthday song? Like, and I don't know he's losing his character is losing his yeah. mind. I'm like, what do you mean? Or then he says something like, Do you see all these like dolls everywhere and i'm like what and like i kind of ignore him or something <laughs> yeah, yeah and then he's literally at a certain point in the game he's like oh my god they're all around me he's like he's like get them he's like why are you shooting <laughs> and like there's literally nothing happening and he's running around this area shooting and doing all this stuff and like and then we realize like oh danny's character is losing his mind and, like he's been danny tells me like oh my wife's been talking to me like all this weird shit's been going oh, i thought you heard god. this too and like him like talking to me about these the insane shit that's happening to him and me just like hearing about it 
in the moment is like so i mean that's a special circumstance like they did it really well but that i i think could have been fun here too and the the other thing is the grind i just think would be way better like okay i'm gonna go do this one thing like you stay here and build the base right you go do this like divide and conquer like i'm i enjoy this part of the game like you know madeline like would be like i'm not going near the deep water you know or like right right i'm just exploring the shallows i love collecting stuff and you guys are talking and talking me into it it would just (laughs) a lot of this stuff would feel wouldn't feel as bad like i have to do every single thing i have to go back here i have to do this like it's just so inefficient and uh and there's the other thing is there's so much downtime, right? So yeah. we could just spend this shooting the shit, right? Like uh, talking right, about right. stuff, right? Yeah, and like and then and then as and then yeah, and then swimming, like talking about work or something, and then swimming 500 meters in the ocean doesn't matter because like we're yeah. having fun. Yeah, it's and then like cool lo- shit happens. Looting in a you know exactly. battle royale like, together. It's like the first half of a PUBG game. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm just imagining some moments like i'm imagining dropping you off in a prawn suit and like going and going to collect my own stuff and you're like you gotta pick like you gotta pick me up like i'm i'm about to die of dehydration and so i like am full speed cyclops coming back to you to open the bay door for you and yeah. the engine sets on fire because i'm driving too fast they keep you know, going Danny. like, like i'll like put that. it out when i get on the ship yeah, yeah 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 um and like that uh that moment that i showed you the clip of alon i have this clip i'll, I'll post it uh oh, i'll put so it on social amazing. media and stuff now so that we're amazing. recording this episode but it was my first time basically going to the edge of the game. Um, and I literally just gotten the PDA update, like Crater's Edge, where it tells you you're about to hit the edge of the game because you're like in this volcanic crater or whatever. Um, and so I opened my PDA to read it. And as soon as I open it and I'm looking at it, I'm in my Seamoth at the surface. I just get launched in the air. I don't know. So like, high. Yeah, so high. And the P- it's like in the background of the PDA, and I like close them, like my game just glitched out or something. And then I land in the water and look, and it's a ghost leviathan swimming around. And I'd never, I've never seen it before. And I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> and I don't know. It wasn't scary. I, I don't know. I was kind of yeah, like, man, scary, imagine yeah. if we were all in the U.S. together, you know, and got launched in the air. It's just like. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty much every crazy, pretty much every moment in the game, I was like, "Yeah, this would be better if we were um, together." Yeah, if it was if the three of us were playing it. So right, but yeah, I mean, you guys did a great job selling me on that. <laughs> now I now I want to try this kind of game together, right? Because yeah, I was about like, to say our next game is definitely uh, we got it. We all we got it. Doing a co op would be fun. Yeah, yeah, it might be time. Um, might be time to say goodnight. Is what I mean. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Where to um, next? I uh, we've we've kind of gotten close to talking about it a couple times, but just the story, the plot of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we talked about the mechanics of it and how it does do, especially early. It does a really good job, I think, of pulling you along um, and kind of leaving a lot of pieces that you need attached to it. So it's like now you got to go three hundred meters deep, and down there is going to be the moon pool fragment or you know there's going to be the mobile vehicle bay or whatever yeah. fragment yeah um and i, I don't know it's uh, maybe maybe we'll disagree i didn't find i found some like moments really cool like when you first get to the and the uh, quarantine enforcement platform um like coming across your first alien structure is so crazy cool. and really cool 
beyond that, I didn't find I didn't find myself that compelled by it. I was not like that interested in learning more about the you know the uh, the prehistoric people that had precursors, the forerunners. precursors, yeah, yeah precursors. the forerunners. Yeah, I was trying to think of the Halo name for it. Yeah, the precursors, <laughs> um, and um, I, yeah, I don't know. Like this bacteria is in me. I, I don't know. I just yeah, I wasn't that I wasn't that interested in it, um, especially as it got the game went on and you got less and less pieces of it. It was more and more just you, kind of almost like visual storytelling but it's not really telling you very much yeah i i compared it in my notes to i'm pretty sure it was you danny talking about half-life 2 on our our first episode which is you were you were talking about ravenholm is that what it's called yep and you were saying like you were just running around killing everything like not paying any attention just having so much fun with the gravity gun and then it's like oh i ended up where i was supposed to be that's crazy that I ended up here, right? That that hand above you that's guiding you without you knowing that you're being guided, which yeah. Half-Life 2 just executed in the most subliminal, inception-y way. Incredible. Like, that you're, you're always progressing the story. You're pretty much always going the right direction, but you feel like you're making decisions, and you only realize that after the fact. Whereas, like, yeah, the st- uh, I think that's another big part of the story that's like missing or or disjointed and kind of what I meant when I said like it feels like separate teams just fuse their unity files together or something and we're like this is our game right Teddy you mentioned like you you just stop getting radio transmissions like your first 10 hours or whatever it is roughly you're getting radio transmissions you're doing the stuff that it's telling you to do and then it's like okay 30 hours you have 30 hours now just explore ah, it's so fun you know but like you get you get nothing you're you're gated you're confronted with gates again like i'd rather you gate me without me knowing it than gate me to my face like i don't want an actual gate i want it to feel like i'm part of the story and part of the game not feel like i'm running into the story all the time and I, I did actually think it was interesting, and I did think like the writing was cool, and I, I mentioned the the voice logs was cool, and I think it was well acted and unique and stuff. But um, they just I just think they missed so hard on like stringing you along is what the word you used, Danny, like keeping me invested. Whereas that the majority of the game is downtime, looking for resources. Yeah, I, I've, I've said this a couple times, but it's really my experience playing this game is really broken up into moments like my enjoyment of the game. Yeah, um, there's so much that I basically just don't even remember or aren't even it's like almost like a long drive, you know? Yeah, um, you don't, I don't really remember good, any of the a really good description. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like the sun, you know, the Aurora core exploding, like amazing. You know, when that happens, it's beautiful and you feel it. You know, it's really cool. The sunbeam getting shot down, amazing. amazing. Coming, finding the first alien force and platform, your first Leviathan. What there's all these amazing, them? right? Right. It's like a, yeah, the the whole is lesser than the sum of its parts by a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. They exactly, have a bunch exactly. of cool shit in a way too long, confusing, grindy game. Well, also like another thing is like. Well, I don't mind grinding while I'm listening to all these voice logs. Or like, why can't you play the databank audio files? 
Yeah. Oh my God. Like oh, I'm learning about a peeper while I'm swimming along, right? Yeah. Like I love doing that with the audio uh, files you find, and like I, I honestly I loved like the survivor story. Like I thought that was all, awesome, like, really cool, really and, like, cool. And also, it's telling again, it's teaching you how to play the game, finding these things, going to their bases, and then suddenly it just stops. And yeah, that's it. There's no more story. Nothing else for you yeah. to. I do did. Uh, I did constantly also find myself being like. I wonder if maybe there's someone alive from this one. Like I kept being like, I can't, I want to see what the deal was. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. De- I definitely thought it was, I did like that. Or I want to find more. Like I'm like, Oh, maybe if I go to this area, there'll be more voice logs and they'll find, tell me more stuff. And I'm, I can't wait. Right. Yeah. I have this written down. I have like a whole, a bunch of notes about the AI helpers in general or the, the, the AI voices. Yeah. And yeah, there's kind of a weird thing where it will sometimes talk to you about something you just scanned or found, and I, I'm sometimes like, well, I don't care about this thing. Why are you reading this to me and not? Every, I don't know. I've scanned a bunch of things that would be cool to hear you talk about, mm-hmm. and you haven't, you know. And sometimes it's like there's this big conclusion drawn from scanning this thing, that, yeah. and then other things are just totally useless. Yeah, and like they're just, it's like you might might they might as well not be in the game. Right, um, I, the first time you you hit the edge, right where you when you got flung by the ghosts, detecting multiple Levian, Leviathan class life forms in the region. Are you certain whatever you're doing is worth it? Like I was like, I don't know, you know, like <laughs> is it? Fuck, you know. But like, yeah, like you said, there's other. I found, like I said I, earlier, I found every alien teleporter in the game. I found before I actually activated the teleporters, and I had them all beaconed. You can't scan it. You can't like tell me what the hell this is. Like this is. You can scan everything else, and like you have all of these assumptions and theories of what may or may not have happened. But I found an alien base nine hundred meters under the. Degassi Island, and I, I, you can't tell me anything about it. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the other thing I wanted to touch on here is the like the quality of production of the game. I guess the production quality of the game. Um, and to me, it did not feel like an indie game. Um, like I thought that it played extremely well, and really rare bugs. Um, the only thing that the only thing that did feel a little underbaked was like the being on land. Yeah. Um, but again, the vast majority of your time is spent underwater and it's you, it disincentivizes you from being on land, right? There's just not much to do there anyways. Um, so I, I would rather them have spent more time really refining all of the water vehicles and stuff and have, I don't know, like climbing mountains be really awkward. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just thought, yeah, I just think they it's really nice to play a game that was in early access forever and plays really smoothly and nicely, um, especially after getting back into PUBG recently and it's still <laughs> being a fucking mess. Yeah. I kind of like that later. you that being on land kind of sucked because like when you got back in the water, you're like, oh, OK, cool. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So my, maybe my, it was yeah. my my on land note, though, is a is a yet another complaint by me, which is just you guys are modders. Just take it from another game. Isn't that what modders do? Like, where, <laughs> like just use the Doom engine, use whatever game feels good on land engine. Like, 
Isn't that like the ethos? Like, <laughs> like, why am I swinging my knife against this like glitchy crab that I'm not even sure if it's dead or if it's just glitched out? Like, just like make that like just seal that. <laughs> like, use that yeah. technology or something else. But, but yeah, no, I, I agree with everything else you said for sure. Um. All right, you guys want to go into some of our questions? Yeah, I feel for like sure. there's so much to talk about, but let's hit the questions. Yeah, I could talk about this for days. Yeah. Um. So, Dom said, if you could make any changes to Subnautica to make it more fun for you specifically, what would it be? Um, multiplayer. We've already... Guns. We- oh yeah yeah co-op well Well, yeah you guys went in on the co-op i mean one of the things one of my main notes is that um i i keep going back to this theme of like teach me how to play the game i don't know why but that's just my thing i guess but like i wish it taught me more that then later in the game i would have had an easier time like i didn't i avoided building a base because i had just had no interest i mean surely some of the playtesters of their game didn't build a base instantly you know i guess not because otherwise they would have made it more clear but just make the life pod run out of oxygen and then i'll build a base really early and then my entire experience will be better in the game because i'll have infinite storage and a scanner and all this stuff you know but because it wasn't incentivized it 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 made the game more grindy and more of a pain in the ass than it had to be, which goes back to something you said earlier, Teddy, which is, and I've I've verified this by like I just occasionally will just watch people on Twitch playing Subnautica because I'm like I wonder what they're doing. Their chat just tells them exactly what to do. No, 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 don't do that. Build that here, and they're like, okay, and you know it's bullshit, and it's not how I want to play a game. And I don't want to look up a game, which to me is basically the same thing. But their experience is so much better. Like, they have so much of an easier time. Their their Cyclops is fully powered all times. No worry about power cells ever. Like, they have full gardens, multiple bases at the exact perfect locations with food, water, whatever, infinite resources. They have infinite storage. Yeah, and I'm like, just this like, game's amazing. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> oh my god, the wonder, the exploration. I'm like, you don't fucking know anything. <laughs> like, you have, you, you haven't even played. You're playing on fucking free mode. You're playing, <laughs> what are you even doing? It's console you know? commands at this Yeah, point. like, yeah. this is bullshit, you know? I played. I fucking found the shit on my own. That's awesome. Like, I took something that Teddy said to me, a kernel of information, and I turned that into a blue tablet, and I beat the game. You don't fucking, you didn't beat the game. The average beat time is like 28 hours took me a teddy 45 hours yeah. give me a fucking break <laughs> right i think th- i think that's worth dwelling on for a second is the average time is 28 hours you have everybody who's beating the game in 28 hours is looking things up one million 100%. percent there's no other way yeah. yeah so like when people talk about this game and liking it you know that's also that's great but like there is a meta game here that they're yeah. playing and like yeah. it's just weird and i chose not to play the game so that to answer dom's question that stuff could have just all been cleaned up like just make me build a base make me build a scanner 
make me, you know, do do, 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 to make my actual experience of playing the game more fun. That's that's my takeaway because the game it's an amazing game in a lot of ways. I uh, just to dwell on it a little longer is I <laughs> I lost my first my first file when I reinstalled oh, Windows God, I because forgot. Subnautica yeah. does not have cloud save, so it's an indie <laughs> game. Um, but uh, yeah, I my file ended up being twenty something, and I basically skipped the first ten hours because that's what I had lost. Like right. I console commanded. All of the stuff I'd been, I had gotten, um, like like you know, I had I had my Seamoth again instantly. Right. So it was, um, so I skipped a lot of gameplay on my final file, and it was still, you know, close. It was only a little bit faster than the average. So right. right. If you're a if you're a purist, it will take you much longer. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Damon says did you finish the game were there any specific world building elements or story moments that made the slog feel worth it or particularly memorable i feel like this is basically what we talked about we covered this right yeah, yeah this is yeah. an hour of <laughs> podcasting so Dam- damon listen to the podcast um but yes we did all finish the game yeah um the i think i i touched on them the sunbeam getting shot down it's kind of amazing you like see the base start moving and you're like Oh no! Oh fuck! Like this thing got shot down. It like, reminded I got me of Independence down. Day when, like, they're worshiping the alien ship, and then it, you know us as the viewer of the movie are like, "This isn't good." <laughs> and then they just open up and destroy the whole city. Yeah, that was that was an epic moment. So sick. Yeah, yeah. but they weren't quite enough to make the slog feel worth it. I'd say, I agree. Um, especially as the game goes on. The yeah, longer the game drags 10 on, ten hours. In the game, yeah, the right, right. Yeah, um, but definitely particular, definitely memorable for sure. Yep. I have a lot of really funny, crazy stuff that was I'll the, never forget. I have a really, really. Well, I already said to you guys the the whole is lesser than the sum of part of its parts, which is basically Damon's question. But then I have this really, really harsh note in in my deepest of frustrations, um, probably forty hours into the game, probably post blue tablet on honestly. And I wrote this game is just an I can't find my keys simulator. <laughs> just the feeling awesome. of you're in your apartment, the keys aren't in their normal spot, and they're not in your pocket. Okay. I have to backtrack. Okay. Are they here? I only sat at my desk, so they've got to be somewhere here. And you you do that scanning, right? You're like, it's not there, 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 there. Okay. It's not there. Okay. Is it on my couch? Like, scan? Like, no, 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 no. It's not on my couch. And you do it, and you still don't find your keys. And then you really have to backtrack and scan again, and you just do the exact same thing. That's what this game is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wait, did I really search my desk? Yeah, wait. Could still be on my couch. <laughs> um, that's, that's by beautiful. the way, this is a, we should actually make this game. Yeah, or that's an to, amazing um, indie game yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. This uh, is definitely like Terry Cabin on Roblox or something. Yeah, it's like it's gone home. Um, <laughs> so, Theo, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, we you, we we, do, we skipped um, Shane Shane's question. Oh yeah, yeah. Or I don't know if we skipped it, but read it. No, I, I skipped it by accident. Um, definitely by accident. <laughs> definitely by accident. <laughs> so Milk asks, any opinions on the first-person perspective, how it lends to or detracts from this type of game? Um, or how does it... W- any opinions on the first-person perspective 
and how it lends to or detracts from this type of game. You might as well also read Tio's question because I think it's related. He said, did any moments in particular freak you the fuck out? Any VR action? I've heard the game is terrifying in VR. Did you play at all in, in VR, Danny? You're the only I didn't, one with the I didn't play this afternoon. Okay. Um, I wish the question had come earlier, and I definitely would have. I, I Even though every time you launch the game, you have the option to launch in VR, I just didn't even think about it. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think it has to be in first person. I because agree. Basically, every good moment that we've described is enhanced by being immersed in that first person. And I think... I suspect that this would be really cool in VR. I mean, I, I haven't really played many VR games. I've just, like, fucked around in, like, the painting game and stuff like that. But it feels like the type of game that you would want VR because of everything that we've already covered to me. Yeah, unfortunately, there are a lot of really half-baked, like, VR versions of games that mm. I just... I think I, I figure that I, I'd do it for an hour and then never do it again. Yeah. Um, be like, that was cool how I, I don't know, in like the forest, it's like, that was cool how I physically threw the spear at enemies. Like, I like that. And then never play in VR again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, definitely had, had to be first person. This, this I'm sure the swimming would have looked really weird. And there have been lots of really weird, like interactions between your character model and the walls. So I think visually we've talked about how good the visual immersion is. And I think that would have made it a lot worse. Or a lot more challenging for the developers. Um, and even like the Cyclops, I liked having it in first person. Then I have to go to the cameras to see what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I think that's really cool. So yeah, I think it definitely had to be in first person and it was, it was great. Yeah. I think it could have been third person. Like it's, but it's one of these games that like seeing your character most of the time doesn't really seem to matter. Like I wish it would have been third person. Like when the, like, jellyfish things are like hanging from the ceiling there are like a few moments where i was like i'm not quite sure what the physicality of the object i'm in is Mm -mm. slamming Um, the cyclops into things but like also yeah that that's like part of what's awesome about the game right yeah the cyclops like is how far does the tail stick back i don't really know i hope i'm not gonna hit anything like the (laughs) lights blinking but i think i'll be okay (laughs) yeah yeah um so yeah I'm I'm glad it was in first person. I think uh, yeah, just all the things we've touched on that are are very subtle and very well done of like swimming up to a thing and scanning it. You know, like I, the detail and the you know the care that you go to when you're oh that's a new fish oh oh you know and you get excited and have to go like right up close to it to to scan it like that's all first person y stuff in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and maybe. Any, uh, this is another, um, another game where you're not Gordon uh, <laughs> in this game. You're never, you're never Gordon. You're never Gordon. <laughs> um, so, uh, anyways, Emperor says, Did you find the game immersive? Does Subnautica really make you feel like a person stranded on an alien water planet? I think it's both really immersive and doesn't really feel like I'm stranded on an alien planet. Agreed. Um, like I found moment to moment, I was like, whoa, like there's so much shit going on, especially in the early stages of the game. But I definitely felt like I was playing a video game for a lot of it. Like I just got to find, I got to make the numbers go up and do these other things. <laughs> yeah. and there's something about having built this mega boat or mega submarine where it like no longer feels like a survival game um, or like you never, you no longer feel stranded you know um but 
yeah, like you said, the early game and um, it definitely feels like it, but it ties back to what we were talking about before, kind of the clashing of genre and intent yeah. um, and execution. It there, there's a lot that immerses you and a lot that pulls you out. So it's just, um, it just didn't quite, it's not quite. And I would not have described the game in its totality as an immersive experience. And also the, the imitation real ocean. If the whole game was an alien ocean, then it, maybe it would have felt more like, whoa, like I'm, it's fucking, I'm on this insane planet or something. But when you're safe, you feel like you're on Earth. I mean, you know, gravity is normal, food, water, ocean, sun. There's a sun, it rises, it falls. Like, there's not really that much alien stuff except for the really deep stuff. I have to say, I love the planets in the sky. That, like, that's the, one of those moments that... The eclipse, just, like, also. I don't think I ever saw an eclipse. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. so sick. They're so beautiful. Yeah, I yeah, saw that's one. awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm gonna have to watch a video of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, did uh, so did you have any moments in particular where you freaked out, like that freak that scared you or anything? Just to put the lid on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I had the moment I described to you guys where I really thought I was gonna die, and like that was the only moment where I was really became a survival game for me. But freak the fuck out in terms of fear. Very few. I mean, it, it was more for me. Um, it was it was like pre fear, if that makes sense. Like I had the sensation of like my senses are heightened. Like Teddy, you described earlier, right? You're in the pitch black. You heard a sound. Like I think that's a refac, but like my ears are up. You know, because that might be a thing coming to kill me. But I'd never had a, like, oh, you know, like, I'm so scared. I can't believe, you know, free. I can't go back down there. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, I never had that. But I definitely had the, like, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to call that, you know, the 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 body signs of beginning to be scared or preparing to be scared yeah. or something. Yeah, you're, pr- you're priming up or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was when the dragon grabbed my prawn and I was super deep in like a new area yeah. and just like threw me into the lava. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that sounds awesome. So sick. That didn't happen to me. I kind of wish it did. It, that thing didn't, literally didn't do anything to me. It did nothing to me. Yeah, I was totally... I just, I just grappled right my way it. to the base. And was yeah. like, I think I grappled it. <laughs> And swung. I used maybe, it to swing. Maybe that's maybe that's why it didn't touch you. It's just like I. Used to, I tickled it. He's one of <laughs> our, one of our own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a, a remora. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Mine. Mine was just the first Reaper Leviathan when yeah. it grabbed me, and then I had to bail. And I was like, I get. Oh man, I have to like leave my sea moth, and then swam away. <laughs> nice. Sick. It was like running a marathon. We'll be glad we did it. But there are moments where you're like, fuck, I really want to stop. That's what Teddy said about Castlevania. And yeah. <laughs> how um, how many bladder fish did you accidentally cook? And so harassed. So many. Also, yeah. A lot. Also, I many? actually cooked zero. I have to say. Nice. Thanks to Matt, I think, because I saw that. It never happened. It never happened <laughs> you saw that tool tip. And yeah. it, the fact that I have to sit at the fabricator, click water, 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 water. Okay. Titanium, 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 
Give me a fucking break. Like, just throw me a bone. Respect the player and their time. You know? I have to to make the filtered water or whatever, the, the bigger one, not just the bladderfish one. You have to make bleach. And then the only ingredient for the water is bleach. So I have to right. get all the ingredients, get the ingredients, which I believe is tube coral and salt. Click bleach, then the bleach animation happens, and then go back in and click water, and then the water animation. Happens. It's like, dude, stop what putting would Steve, my fucking. What time. would Steve Jobs think? Of the yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, He would have fired everyone who was involved with the UX for sure. Yeah, I think the one thing I did hilariously all the time or really just the ones is i got all these gel sacks and i've transferred them all into my inventory like 20 of them so i could just like stock up on them to have them for a while and i went to my locker and they were just all gone or like none of them moved over it's because i ate all of them (laughs) (laughs) well sometimes it's left click and sometimes it's right click so good luck good luck (laughs) um all right yeah so I just want to recap. I feel like it's worth doing. Let's wrap. Yeah. Wrap it up somehow. Yeah. I think I just like kind of want to read the pillars again. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. So never tell the player what to do. Let them decide if there's something we want them to do. Breadcrumb it. Just total miss. Yeah. The only, the only thing that happens for the first 10 hours of the game is being told what to do. Check the radio. Once you check the radio, go to the life pod. Once you go to the life pod, go back to your life pod. Check the radio. Check the radio. Back to it. Boom. And then, yeah, so you never decide. And then the breadcrumbing also ends. As soon as you stop being told what to do, then there are basically no breadcrumbs. Yeah, it's like just brutal. (laughs) Yeah, it's just (laughs) fucking awful. No guidance whatsoever. The world doesn't care about the player. The player is a foreigner in an unknowable majestic alien world this led to non-violence to creatures and the world this leads to non-violence to creatures in the world yeah okay that one's good yeah i think he nailed that yeah um respect the player and their time don't manipulate them through achievements dopamine extrinsic rewards give them an amazing rewarding experience that takes effort the middle the middle section the achievements i was definitely not driven by achievements nope yeah, like, I built a cool room on my Cyclops because it was cool. I also had plants because they had game mechanic reasons. There weren't extrinsic rewards, right? So he, there are a lot of those things that they do well. Mm-hmm. They don't respect your time <laughs> at all. And the intrinsic rewards are just not that great. Yeah, they're fine. They're yeah. just normal game. Yeah, things. normal game shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have pages of notepads that are just full of Subnautica stuff. That's awesome. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I just have, you know, the brain of a fish. But, like, I when I'm making something, if I'm making something, or there's some component that I, I need to make, I, I check my tablet 50 times minimum. Like, I, I just can't remember, like, this many copper, this much gold, this much, you know, kyanite, and this, yeah, blah, 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 blah. So I'm just check, 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 check. And I just got sick of it because the UI is so bad. I, I can't, like, have it up anywhere. Yeah. So I would just I would just write it by hand. I need five copper, eight titanium, like, uh, two salt, <laughs> glass, you know, whatever. 
And so I just, and that made my game, uh, this is like sort of related to the Dom question, that made my game experience more fun because I didn't have to just constantly check, stop swimming and check my tablet. And instead I could just check my handwritten thing, but they could have just done that with your, <laughs> it's it's the future and I have a tablet that's like conscious. <laughs> Like, right, can it's like, it remember what I'm building? <laughs> it's, and that's the thing. It's like almost some of that stuff is there half of the time, right? It's like weird. Like, I don't mind keeping a journal when I'm playing a game. Like, but it, I like when it feels like authentic rather than like, I don't know, kind of a hassle. But. Yeah. 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 They did not respect our time. <laughs> For sure. And if I can harp back to my something I said at the beginning also, um, like I love... I really liked the game. I had I had a, I had a great time with it overall, and I love I love playing a complete and really good solid indie game. Um, I'm really psyched that they pivoted so far from what they had made before. Yeah, like literally no connection whatsoever to natural selection, other than the space, like kind of the architecture, the space architecture, and the existence of aliens. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely yeah. It's easy to easy to complain about a lot of things, but yeah, I'm really glad the game was made. It's in the state that it's in, and that it's been as successful as it has been. Um, clearly, right, like a, a piece, ton of I'm effort. Of, yeah, I'm a piece of shit, right? Like yeah, this this game's this sold five million copies, and it's like you know, I saw a reef back, and that was fucking awesome. You know? Yeah, yeah, so. and and you know, we probably should have mentioned this at the beginning. It's not that dissimilar to the doom episode where there is a sequel it just came out months ago like three months ago yeah the, i i haven't played it and i haven't even seen it like there could be all of these things could not be in it you know they could have heard all this negative feedback you know alongside a lot of positive feedback and been like cool let's make an even better game and maybe it is but you know we played the original and we had a lot of problems with it <laughs> there's no multiplayer in below zero so <laughs> not worth playing <laughs> yeah. cool guys uh, cool well it's nice knowing you we'll um yeah we'll we'll pipe in next game yep sounds good cool Bye. love you guys thanks you for too. listening yep love you all for the next game club episode we will be playing Metal Gear Solid 1 from 1998 Happy Gaming